So I bring you my uh, greetings from lovely North Lincolnshire, somewhere up north. Uh, it was It's always sobering coming. To, I love coming to London. I love the energy of London. I love visiting London. And uh, it's always a sobering thought. I was on the Victoria Line last night from King's Cross down to Oxford Circus. And it just reminded me that there were more people on the tube than live in my village. <laughs> so it puts it sort of into perspective. So it is absolutely wonderful uh, to be with you. Wonderful to be in this magnificent church. I want to thank the worship team for, this is the second service I've been in. They've been just amazing in both services. Come on, I think they deserve some applause. Absolutely and of course, all the all the sound people and support people who are enabling us to have an amazing experience of worship here this morning. And just want to thank you, KT, for inviting me, for letting me be part of your journey, and for the honor of being part of the last day of 2023, as we are preparing to cross over into 2024. So it's my privilege to share the Word of God with you for a few moments. So, If you've got a Bible with you uh, in one form or another, on your phone, on your tablet, or even with pages, if you want to turn with me, I'm going to read from Psalm 103. Psalm 103. This is a magnificent piece of poetic theology. Um, It's beautiful poetry. I think our worship team probably could put it to song. It's that magnificent. It just flows. As you'll hear now, maybe you're a visitor with us. You've never heard of this psalm. And as I read it, this is the first time you've heard it. For some of us in the room who've been followers of Jesus a million years or so, then we've probably read or heard this psalm many, many times. The poetry is stunning, but the theology is simply magnificent. And so I want to, uh, for a few moments, share from this great psalm as we cross from one year into the other. And I want to speak uh, this morning on the power of memory, how looking back empowers us to go forward. That's a strong biblical idea, as we'll see from this psalm. So here we go, Psalm 103, verse 1. I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, so yours might be a bit different from mine, but it sort of roughly sounds the same. So here we go, verse 1. Praise or bless the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness And justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. He is slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. 
He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness for those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed and he remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower in the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's loving kindness is with those who fear him. And his righteousness with their children's children. With those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, You, his servants, who do his will. Praise the Lord. All his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. Amen. What incredible. Aren't they great words? Yes, come on. The word of God is worthy of our applause. I'm sure as we are leaving 2023, as I look around a room of this size filled with this amount of people and people online as well, there's a whole bunch of stuff in 2023 you're glad to be seeing the back of. You're hoping to forget, to consign to history and to move on as we move into the optimism and hope that 2024 potentially offers each one of us. But in saying all of that, and that may be relevant to many people in this room, There is a profoundly powerful biblical idea that calls us to remember the past. Certain things we must remember, certain things we must not forget. In fact, I would go so far as to say this, that in order to have a vibrant, mature, and thriving faith as a follower of Jesus, we must learn to remember. There are certain things we must not, we cannot, we should not forget. And in fact, it's in remembering them, in not forgetting those ideas, that that empowers us into our future. I would argue that learning to look back and remember the appropriate things that the Lord wants us to remember is key to helping us move forward into the 21st century, into 2024, and into whatever the Lord has for every single individual in this room and this magnificent church as we approach 2024 as well. And the reason it's really important to remember is that we are prone to forget. 
my wife was filling up her car this week with petrol and she went uh, to pay for the petrol, uh, put it at, at, at the, the pump. It was She paid at the pump. She put her, her card in. And unfortunately, of course, it doesn't allow you to get your petrol until you put your card in and do it. And she went to put her pin code in and it was rejected. She knew it was the right four numbers, but she couldn't quite get the order of the four numbers properly. And of course, the reason that she forgot her pin code is because she's got so used to tapping and going, right? You know, if you buy something under a certain amount, just tap, go, tap, go, and on we go. And actually that pin that we sort of had tattooed onto our brain when pin codes first came out no longer seems so important. And my wife, it had been so long since she actually used her pin code, she forgot the order of the four numbers, which we've had a lot of fun about um, ever since. And she's had to reset her pin. Now I'm thinking, if someone can rem- can forget something as important as your pin code, It can be very easy to forget crucial ideas for us as followers of Jesus that actually become fueling points for our faith. It's really important that we understand and remember that many of the things of our faith are actually in the past. Now, we're believing for an amazing 2024. We're we're believing for a great tomorrow. We're living as hopefully present in this day today, the 31st of December, 2023. But actually, most of the big significant ideas of our faith are historic. They're past. But the power of those things in the past speak today. And the power of those things in the past can energize our tomorrow. And the thing that links the past to today and the past to tomorrow is memory. To remember so that we do not forget. David says, uh, 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 don't forget the benefits of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. He's telling his soul, do not forget. But remember. I've been, uh, in 2023, as part of my everyday devotions in the Bible, I've been spending time in what we might call the Torah or the Pentateuch, or sometimes we refer to it as Moses, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And they are what we call the Pentateuch or the Torah. And I've been reading other bits of the Bible. I read the Gospels every day. I always try to read something of the New Testament every day. I love the poetry books, so try to engage in that. But I've been spending my sort of engine room time devotionally in the Torah, and I've spent the whole of 2023 in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, uh, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And in fact, I'm in the book of Deuteronomy right now. (laughs) And I've loved it. And sometimes as Christians, we look at those books and we're a little bit afraid of them and we back away from them. But actually, I've been just touched in so many ways at how the Lord has spoken to me in a fresh way through those books. And I'm currently in the book of Deuteronomy. Now, the book of Deuteronomy, in in the Hebrew version of the title of that book, it literally means words, davrim. And it represents the last words of Moses that he gives to the children of Israel as they're about to go into the promised land. So a little bit of, in case you don't know this, they had tried to get into the promised land 40 years before, 
but they doubted God's ability to help them do it. So they were prevented from going into the land and they went 40 years in a wilderness journey. Now they've come back to the entry point again and they're about to go into the land. But this time, Moses won't be able to go in with them because of something he did. So Moses now has brought the people back to the entry point of the promised land. And Deuteronomy are his last words to this group of people. And they're filled with intimacy. They're filled with real tenderness and power. It's like Moses, in the last month of his life, is downloading all these amazing ideas. And two of the amazing ideas that Moses speaks over and over and over again about is, do not forget and remember. Do not forget and remember. Now remember, they're about to cross into the land of promise. They're about to do something amazing. Their 2024 looks awesome in its potential. But before they go into their tomorrow, before they go into the land of promise, he wants to make sure that when they cross that river, they do not forget. There's a whole bunch of things they've got to cross the river with. There's a whole bunch of things they've got to take with them as they go in to the land of promise. And nine times in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses says, do not forget. Twelve times he says, remember, over and over again. In fact, yesterday I was in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 28, uh, uh, chapter 8 of Deuteronomy yesterday. And it says things like this. Remember how the Lord your God led you, verse 2. Verse 11, be careful and do not forget the Lord your God. Verse 14, then your heart will become proud and arrogant and you will forget the Lord your God. Verse 18, but remember the Lord your God for it is him who's given you the ability to generate and produce wealth. Verse 18, verse 19, if you ever forget the Lord your God, there'll be some consequences. As they move into chapter 9, Moses puts the two ideas together. And in verse 7, he says this, remember and never forget. Two ideas forced together. So, so as Moses is about to leave them, as they are about to enter the land of promise, Moses is not giving them a military strategy for tomorrow. He's giving them memory of yesterday. He's saying, you've got to remember certain things. Because remembering certain things will fuel the faith you have for today. And that faith you have for today will empower you to go into your tomorrow. There are some things you must remember and some things you cannot forget. And that's part of our journey of faith. Because if we don't remember, we'll forget. And when we forget, I think we, we have the potential to lose our way. To help them remember, God set up three magnificent feasts. Some of you will know these feasts. If you're a guest, please forgive me, but it will really just help set the scene. Three simple feasts. The Feast of Passover or Pesach. Then we have the Feast of Weeks. We call that Pentecost. Uh, uh, that this idea of Shavuot, the, the, the celebration of, of the seven weeks or 50 days that followed Pentecost, uh, Passover. And then you've got this idea of the Feast of Tabernacles or Tents when they wandered in the wilderness, this Feast of Sukkot. So three big feasts, they would celebrate those every year, without exception. Every year, they remembered Passover. Every year, they remembered Pentecost. Every year, they remembered Tabernacles. 
Why? Because God wants them to remember certain ideas that are at the heart of those three great feasts. And in fact, Deuteronomy chapter 16 helps us with this. And, and listen to Moses' words when he speaks of the three feasts. Here's, he's speaking of Passover here. Here's what he says. Observe the month of Aviv and celebrate the Passover of the Lord your God. Because in the month of Aviv, he brought you out of Egypt. Right? So why is the month of Aviv important? Well, for no other reason. It's the month that marks the biggest idea in their calendar. God brought you out of Egypt, so don't forget that. Remember that. Mark that month. Make that a special celebration. The word observe there means watch over and guard. Protect that idea. Don't let it slip out of the calendar. Remember, remember, remember the Passover. Wow. In the Feast of Weeks, Moses says this in chapter 16 of Deuteronomy. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and follow carefully these decrees. So when they celebrated this, this Pentecost, when they celebrated this Feast of Weeks, they were to remember, wow, remember an idea that most people would want to forget, but God wants them to remember it. You were slaves. They were to remember they were slaves. Why? So that they would understand that God by his power set them free. Wow. And then when it comes to the Feast of Tabernacles or Tents, it says this, celebrate the Festival of Tabernacles for seven days you have to, after you gather the produce of your threshing floor and your wine press. So this idea of remembering that they lived in tents in the wilderness, they have to spend seven days remembering that and celebrating. Now look at the language. Guard, watch, preserve, remember, recall, celebrate. All of these ideas are enshrined in the last words of Moses. He wants them, as you're about to go into this amazing land of opportunity, as you're about to go into a place where God is going to do amazing things among you, his biggest idea to them is, remember, 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 remember. Because if you remember, you will not forget. And if you do not forget, you will live in faith constantly in the word of God and in serving God. Because memory, looking back at the proper things, is crucial to fueling our faith as we go forward into the purposes of God. Does that make sense to you? But that's not just an Old Testament idea. In fact, when Jesus comes along, he fulfills all those feasts. He is the fulfillment of Israel. He's the fulfillment of all those great ideas in the book of Deuteronomy. He fulfills the feast of Passover. He fulfills the feast of Pentecost. He fulfills the feast of Tabernacles. He becomes the fulfillment of all of that. That's why me and you, as 21st century Christians, don't need to celebrate those feasts anymore because Jesus is the fulfillment of them. And he replaces all of those feasts with one feast. Just one. And here's the language of this one feast. We sometimes call this breaking bread or the Eucharist. And here's the language. This is Jesus' words. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in... (laughs) Do this in... Do this in remembrance of me. How could I forget Jesus? Jesus. 
Well, when we celebrate this feast, when we take that little bit of bread and we take that cup and we celebrate that, it is forcing us to remember him. It's forcing us to remember what he did. It's forcing us to remember what that means and what that has achieved for every single one of us. And you might say to me, John, how could you forget Jesus? Well, I've been around in Christian ministry long enough, 36 years, almost 37 years, to have met a lot of followers of Jesus who have forgotten. They've forgotten. And the evidence of their forgetfulness is the way they're living their lives. Because if we remembered, if we remembered what he'd done, like we heard sang about today, if we remembered what he'd done, if we remember what he's achieved, if we remember who he is, if we remember all the things he's given us, then actually that memory brings that reality smack bang into the 31st of December 2023 and causes me to ask the question, how am I living my life in light of my memory of what he has done for me. Are you with me? Does that make sense to you? And then he goes on to say this. He says, in the same manner, after supper, he took the cup. And Paul says this, that Jesus speaks these words. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this. Whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. Twice. Twice in one feast, we're told, remember. Remember. Remember, because it's not enough just to take the bread and swallow it. It's not enough to take the cup and drink it. What we're being asked to do is to remember. Remember what this means. Remember what he's done. Remember what he's achieved. Remember the impact of that on our lives. Remember the amazing goodness and grace of God. And did you notice, uh, Paul goes on, he adds a little commentary. And here's what Paul says. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim... The Lord's death until he comes. Now watch this. This is amazing. He tells us twice to remember. And in remembering, what do we do? When I take that piece of bread, when I drink that cup, whether it's in a small group or a beautiful, magnificent, gathered congregation like this, when I do that out of memory and building my memory, what does it do? I proclaim the Lord's death today. It changes my proclamation today. And then it says this, until he comes. It's now giving me a hope for the future. So remembering his death, remembering his resurrection, remembering his magnificent generosity and goodness and loving kindness and mercy and compassion and grace, remembering what Jesus has achieved for me, transforms my proclamation today and gives me a hope for tomorrow, whatever hope looks, whatever tomorrow looks like, whether it looks good, it looks bad, or it looks ugly. It's transformative. And my confession today and my attitude towards tomorrow, tomorrow is all hinging on me remembering what happened yesterday, what happened in the past, what Jesus achieved for us. That's the power of memory. That's what, there's a whole bunch of stuff we want to forget. There's a whole bunch of stuff like Paul. We want to forget what's behind and press on to what's before. And there's some appropriate things we need to learn to forget. I get all of that. I hear all of that. And I accept all of that. But there's a whole bunch of things that we must not forget. We must remember. And that's why worship's important. Everything we did today in worship 
was about reminding you to remember. Come on. It's about reminding me. Here I am, struggling to pay my rent, struggling to pay my mortgage, worried about my job, worried about sickness, and in a moment of worship, being led by a a, a band, I am encouraged to remember his goodness, to remember his faithfulness, to remember his loving kindness, to remember that he's never left me and he's never forsaken me. That's the power of worship. That's why the word of God is powerful. Because like the psalm we just read, and it was beautiful to have that spontaneous round of applause at the end of Psalm 103. Why? Because when we read that, here I am on the 31st of December 2023, and Psalm 103 is forcing me to remember that he forgives all my sins, and he heals all my diseases, and he crowns my life with loving kindness, and he renews my youth like the eagles. It reminds me that there is a God at work, even in the mess of this day, even in the hopelessness of this day, even in the tragedy and disappointment of this day. He is at work. And Psalm 103 reminds me to remember that. Even when my emotions don't want to remember it. And my heart can't remember it. And everything within me is screaming out against the difficulty I'm in. Psalm 103 reminds me to remember. Reminds me to remember. To not forget the goodness of the Lord. Why do we need to remember? Because we forget. And even people like us, good people, that love Jesus, filled with the Spirit. We can forget. And so David says to us, bless the Lord, O my soul. Or praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Don't, whatever you do, soul, don't forget. Do not forget. Write it down. Rehearse it. Remember it. Rejoice over it. But do not forget. That makes sense? And as we go into 2024, There's a whole bunch of things we'll want to forget about 2023, but there's a whole stack of ideas we've got to carry into 2024 with us. Because those memory ideas are going to empower us as we go forward. I've I've noticed that people sometimes forget because of two big things. In my own experience, I've certainly forgotten things about the Lord when one of two things happens, and, and this may apply to you, might not, but certainly applies to the people of God in the Bible as well. Sometimes we forget the benefits of the Lord when we prosper. Now, we all want prosperity. In fact, we've prayed for that already this morning. It's a good idea. We want the people of God to prosper. And in fact, I believe there are fantastic principles in the word of God that when we follow Jesus and we honor him with all that we are and all that we have, there is an inevitable prosperity. I believe that. Not not only materially, I believe there is a prosperity uh, spiritually uh, and physically and emotionally and socially that we can experience when we as a community put these amazing ideas into practice. The old Pentecostals would call it redemption and lift. That actually when Jesus comes into your world, your world lifts 
up. So, so listen, don't hear what I'm not saying. I believe in prosperity. In fact, I, I, I'm, I'm a very materially blessed person. I have a lovely home. I don't live in a tent in Lincolnshire. And I don't, you know, ride on the back of a donkey. I have a nice car in, in Lincolnshire. I have a lovely standard of living. I am, a, a global level, I'm a very wealthy person. And you know, if you, if you, honestly, that's the truth. If you, now that's, that's, that's just, I believe that. So don't hear what I'm not saying when I say this. There is a danger in prosperity. Now, now here's the danger. The danger is we forget where it came from. We forget who gave it to us. We forget how we got it. Now, now as a human, we go, well, I did this. I achieved this. I worked hard. I held down two jobs. I started this business. I made this business work with the sweat of my brow. And I would say yes, and as a Christian, also no to that. I would say absolutely hard work, all hard work, returns a profit, as the proverb says. But actually, even Deuteronomy reminds us that it is God who has empowered us to generate wealth. And we were encouraged in the offering to remember that. Not to get more money out of you, but just to actually remind you that whatever blessing we hold as followers of Jesus, we place that not just in the realm of hard work. We place that in the context of the God of heaven who's made an agreement with us and who has empowered us to make that wealth. So if, if you've had the most blessed material year of your life, say amen and enjoy it and don't feel guilty about it. But remember, remember, remember who empowered you. Remember who helped you. Remember who gave you those ideas. Remember who's blessing your creativity. Remember who's pouring his life into you. Remember that and then the prosperity will never make you forget. God speaks to the prophet Hosea and he says this, when I fed them, speaking of his people, they were satisfied. And when they were satisfied, they became proud and they forgot me. Now, if it could happen to them, business class seats, can it happen to you as well? If it can happen to them, it can happen to me. And if the Lord blesses us, enjoy it, but remember. If you keep remembering, prosperity will be not only a blessing to you, but a blessing to all you touch. Are you with me? Does that make sense to you? All right. But the other thing that causes us to forget, the other thing that causes us to forget is pain. We go through experiences of difficulty and trial and upset and disappointment. And the danger is when we are in the middle of all of that, we can forget. And when you're in the middle of the dark valley, it's really easy to forget. He is with you. Because it doesn't look like he's with you. It doesn't feel like he's with you. It doesn't sound like he's with you. Nothing is working out like it should do if the Lord is with me. And when it doesn't look like he's with us, and it's easy to forget that he is. And therefore, we allow the circumstance we're in to create the vision of who he is instead of actually remembering his greatness 
and his goodness and his loving kindness. And sometimes we're in the midst of pain. That can cause us to forget. Listen to these words from Gideon. Gideon speaking to the Lord. Now, don't miss the irony of the words. He's speaking to the Lord when he says these words. Pardon me, my Lord, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? Now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. It's really interesting that he's claiming that the Lord has abandoned them and the Lord is right there with him. Now it's really, it's really easy when you're threshing wheat in a wine press because you don't want your enemies to steal it. It's really easy to think God has left. But he never had. He was with them. And now Gideon has to remember that even, listen, listen carefully, even in a wine press, when you're threshing wheat, we remember he is with us. Come on now. Come on now. We remember. In the cancer ward, we remember. You are with me. When our job's under threat, we remember. When we're struggling to make ends meet, we remember. And those circumstances all will work against your memory. They'll all work against you. They'll, they'll, they'll try to convince you that the God who did all that cool and good stuff yesterday has gone. He's left you. He's abandoned you. Because none of that stuff could happen to you if the God who did all that stuff yesterday was still with you. But that's where we've got to remember. Because sometimes, listen to me carefully, and this, this might help someone, it might offend others. Listen to me carefully. Sometimes all we have is our memory. Sometimes it's all you've got. You're in the dark valley. You're up to your neck in mud and difficulty and disappointment and pain and pressure and crisis. And in a moment like that, all you've got at that moment is what he did yesterday. And so we say, if he did it yesterday, he can do it today. That the God who was with me yesterday is still with me today. That the God who was with me before cancer is still with me today. That the God who gave me that job is still with me today. That the God who led me is still leading me today. It's my memory starts to speak. My memory starts to speak. You are with me. Even when I can't see you. Even when I can't feel you. And even when none of this makes sense. I remember. You promised you would never leave me. You promised that you would stay with me. You promised that you would be my shepherd. You promised that you would walk with me in the darkest valley. I remember your promise. I remember what you said. I remember that you are the God of your word. And therefore, I will not forget, even though everything in my world is telling me to forget. I will remember. Amen. And so David says to us, bless the Lord, O my soul. Speaks to his soul. Forget not. Two quick ideas as I draw this to a close and we're done. When we remember and forget not, it helps us with this crucial idea. It reminds us that the God who was, still is. Now I know many of you in the room know this, but... Sometimes we need to remind ourselves of simple ideas. And David is speaking to his soul and saying, do not forget. Why? Because he's saying this. The God who was 
still is. Now look at his language. Verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. He is slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. Now if me and you dropped in from Mars and just read Psalm 103 for the very first time, we would just think that is magnificent, spontaneous, prophetic, beautiful poetry. This is something coming out of the heart of David. David saying, the Lord is compassionate and gracious. He is slow to anger and he is abounding in loving kindness. But listen to me carefully. This is not spontaneous poetry. This is theological memory. If you've been around the church any length of time, if you, like me, have spent any time in the Torah at all, you cannot read Psalm 103 and go back to the Torah. You you have to go back. The echo of the Torah is all over Psalm 103. It is a constant echo of the words of God in those magnificent books. And in fact, if, if you hear David saying, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness, you will go back to the book of Exodus. And in the book of Exodus, the Lord meets with Moses and speaks to Moses. Now, now, if you're ever reading the Bible and you see a man or a woman of God make a proclamation about God out of their experience, that's something we should grab onto. So when Abraham says, the Lord, my provider, grab that. Beautiful. When Gideon says, the Lord, my peace, wow, grab that idea. When we have these magnificent ideas that are brought to us out of revelation and experience of people who encounter God, there are things that we can really grab hold of. But when God speaks about himself, gold-plated, that's not a man's opinion, that's not a woman's opinion. When God speaks about himself, take it to the bank. It won't change. This is 100% lock and load. You can hold on to this for forever because it's God speaking about himself. And here's what God says about himself to Moses. Listen to these words. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and faithfulness. This is not Moses speaking about God. This is God speaking to Moses. And when David writes the psalm, Psalm 103, it's not spontaneous poetry. It's theological memory. David is writing something down that he's heard before. He remembered these words that were given to Moses. Moses writes these words down. Here's what God said about himself. God said he's compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and faithfulness. And David now, hundreds of years later, remembers something that God said to Moses. And this becomes a life-giving word to David in his everyday experience. These words are so important, ladies and gentlemen, that in the Old Testament part of the Bible, they are repeated 27 times. These words are so important that I have made them a part of my everyday confession as a Christian. When it's a good day, a bad day, a blessed day, or an ugly day, every single day, I lift up my hands and I declare, you are compassionate. You are gracious. You are slow to anger. You are abounding in loving kindness and you are abounding in faithfulness. Whatever is going on in my world, good day, bad day or ugly day, I remind God of who he is. Not because he's forgotten, 
But because I forget, I forget who he is. I forget that he's awesome. I forget that he's great. In the midst of my blessing, in the midst of my pain, I can forget. And so every day I remind myself to remember who he is. That no matter what's going on in my world, I'm going to remember. Amen? He is with us. But the second idea is this. My time is gone. The God who did still does. The God who was still is. And the God who did still does. Listen to David's words. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Listen, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with love, loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed and he made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. Look, seven dynamic actions of God. He forgives. He heals, he redeems, he crowns, he satisfies, he works, and he makes known. Note how David is phrasing that. He's not just phrasing it as past action, but he's phrasing it in the present. Who forgives? Not just who is forgiven, but who forgives? Who heals, who redeems, who crowns, who satisfies, who works, who's made known. David is grabbing a big idea. He's looking at all the things the Lord has done. And he's reminding himself all those things he's done, he can do. He's not just reminding himself of who he is. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. The God who was, still is. But now he's reminding himself all the things the Lord has done, he can do today. He can do tomorrow. He can do in our world. It's his memory of what he has done that is fueling his faith today in what God can actually do. And that's why it's important for us to remember what he's done, to remember the macro things that he's done, the death, the resurrection, uh, the ascension and the soon return of Jesus. All of those things we've got to remember because they're the big ideas that have transformed our lives. But some of you as individuals, there are literal things that God has done for you. Things that he has done in the past. This last week, last month, this last year, even in the midst of challenge, he has done amazing things. And we are called to remember. To remember, to remember. Because here's the idea. If he did it yesterday, he can do it today. If he did it last week, he can do it next week. If he did it last year, he can do it next year. If he has done it, he can do it. Because he is the God who heals. He's the God who saves. He's the God who crowns. He's the God who satisfies. He's the God who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or even imagine. And sometimes when it doesn't look like he can, we remember that he did. And if he did, he can't. Because he's the same. He's the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the one true and living God. I don't know what 2024 holds. And I'm glad I don't. 
way above my pay grade and way above my emotional and spiritual and psychological capacity. I don't know and neither do I want to know what 2024 is going to bring. But here's what I do know. There will be days when I'll need to remember that he is compassionate and gracious, that he is slow to anger and abounding in love. There will be days when I have to remember he healed, he saved, he crowned, and he satisfied. There will be days when all I've got is memory. And that memory becomes the fuel of my faith. The band, you want to come and join us? These guys are going to lead us out in a magnificent song in just a moment. Inspired by, inspired by the, the seven actions of God in Psalm 103. As part of my memory process, I try to help remember some things in my own life. And there are seven big things every day I try to remember, try to remind myself of. I remind myself and I remind the Lord in his presence of my faith. As an eight-year-old boy. (laughs) As an eight-year-old boy coming to a revelation that Jesus was the Son of God. Not because of my cleverness or position or money or wealth, but because of his grace and his mercy. And every day I remember... I remember I was once a slave in Egypt and I'm no longer a slave. I remember, secondly, the family that he's given me, past and present, godly parents who love Jesus. I know that's not the case for everybody in this room, so I can only speak for myself, but godly parents who love Jesus, who are now in heaven, and I thank God for godly parents who loved him so much. And made a way for me, for giving me a wonderful wife, for placing me in a family that I'm no longer an orphan, but one loved by him. I thank him for my family of faith, my local family, way up there in the frozen north of Lincolnshire. And the global family that I'm a part of, friends all over the world, a mystical, glorious community filled with People from every tongue and tribe and kindred and nation and color and creed. Absolutely transformed by the life and love of Jesus. And I thank him for being part of his church universal and his church local. I thank him for my financial provision. We've taught our little granddaughter, Abigail, to say the the, the prayer the Lord taught us to pray. And every time she says, give us this day our daily bread. I remember. I remember that I was young and now I am old and I have never seen the righteous forsaken and I have never seen their seed begging bread. And my little granddaughter prays a prayer and I say amen because she will never beg for bread. Amen. I can say that about her because that is an issue of memory. Thank God for my financial provision. I thank God for food and fuel. For things that I get to eat. For things that enable me to do what I can do. Every time I put petrol in the car, 
Try not to look at the price per liter. But every time I look petrol in a car, say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this car. Thank you for this fuel. Thank you that I can pay for it. Help me to remember my pin code in Jesus' name. Amen. I thank him for my fitness, for my health and strength. Every morning I say, blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, for you have returned my soul to me. Thank you for another day. Thank you for another opportunity. Thank you for another blessing to serve. Thank you that I'm breathing in and out. Thank you that I'm able to pick up a Bible. Thank you that I can see. Thank you that I can hear. Thank you that I'm able to do some stuff that a whole bunch of people only wish they could do. Thank you. And then lastly, I thank him for my future. My times are in your hands, O Lord. And ladies and gentlemen, I've been a Christian a long time and I know a lot of stuff about the Bible, but I have to remind myself every day. Because if I don't remember, I'll forget. If I don't remember, I'll lean on myself. If I don't remember, it becomes something about John Andrews when it's actually all about him. Brothers and sisters, however you do it, remember. If you need to write it down, write it down. If you need to rehearse it, rehearse it. If you need to rejoice over it, rejoice. I do all of those things. I remember, I record, I rehearse, and I rejoice. There are things that help me remember. Because when you remember, you won't forget. And if you don't forget, you will enter each day with faith and hope and power. You will enter each day with a godly optimism. The clock will strike 12 tonight in London. Millions of people will scream and shout and cheer. Hopeful in an empty sort of optimistic way that somehow the 1st of January 2024 will look mystically and magically different from the 31st of December 2023. I don't need Big Ben I'm not waiting for the gong of the band. I'm already ready for 2024 because the God of 2023 is with us.